0: what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? You know? I do. I do. When I, when I, when I think about the, the church, I don't think of the numbers. I think of one, 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 one. It's just a whole bunch of ones, but every one is connected up to the Holy Spirit and has huge potential for the kingdom of God to do something wonderful and great. Amen? So I hope that you're looking at those chairs, and here's, here's what you can do. Every Sunday you come to church, every Sunday, you see an empty chair, put your hand on it, and say, God, I'm praying for the person that's meant to be sitting in this chair right now. I don't know where they are. They could be sitting at a pub right now. They could be doing, getting, getting ready for an exam. The HSC's coming up. I don't know where they are, but God, I know that these chairs are meant to have somebody's bottom on them. And so I'm praying for that person right now, wherever they are, God, do something to get that person's backside on that chair so that once their backside's on that chair and the Holy Spirit's in their heart, they can get their backside off that chair, they can go back out there and do something amazing for the kingdom of God. One thing I was really challenged by at the conference, and and it's funny because you ever have that thing that God says to you? Anyone got children and you've got to keep repeating yourself? You ever have that? And yeah, you say something to them like, look, I need you, I need you to make sure, can you please, can you clean your room? I want it done. And they get inspired and they go, yeah, I'm going to clean it. I'm going There's a connection there. I have this connection right now and it's beautiful. And I'm saying, Jordan, clean your room. And he's seeing me and he's seeing my heart and he knows why I'm saying it. And he's welling up with love and he just loves his father. He loves his father and he's going looking in my eyes, going, there's a connection, Father, I want to do your will. I just want to do your will, and if that is clean my room, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it with passion and energy, because I love you, Father, and that's what you want. Isn't that right, Jordan? We have those moments occasionally, don't we? We're having one right now. Well, God's like that with us, I think. He looks down and he goes, he says something to us. And we respond and we get inspired and we go, yes, God, I love you, Father. Yes, I will will do that thing, whatever it is. Yes, Father, I will put time aside every day. I'm going to pray because you're speaking to me about prayer and the power. I'm going to do it, Lord. Or yes, God, I'm going to get into this word. I'm going to prioritize it. It's not just going to be something I do if I get some spare time because I believe it's... God, I'm going to get into it and we go to conferences and we hear podcasts and messages and we get inspired about things. You know, God, I'm going to tithe God I'm going to give God I'm going to use my talents and go you know what I've got 24 hours in a day 7 days a week I'm sure I can give 2 hours to come and do something in the life of my fellowship of faith or whatever maybe God yes I'm going to put time aside and I'm going to make sure that I connect with that person you've been laying on my heart and I'm going to ring them once a week and I'm going to chat with them I'm going to pray for that person, God, that you've been like. And the Father speaks to us and we can get inspired about things. Anyone? Is it just me? Anyone connecting there? And then what happens? I come home three weeks later and I open up Jordan's door. Starts with a sock on the floor. Don't worry. There was a guy at the conference that every time you use one of your children as a, as a sermon illustration, you've got to give him five bucks. So i'll take you out to lunch (laughs) by the way i'll preface by saying i love jordan he's a great kid great man with a great future as i do johnny a great man with a great future and so you go in there and it starts to drop And, and, and before you know it the father has to sit down again i've got to go jordan we need to have a chat look in my eyes i love you Would you clean your room? And he looks up at me and goes, I'm so in love with you, Father. I'm feeling it. The heart said, yes, I'm going to go back and I'm going to clean my room again. we go through it again, the cycle. God comes to me once a year and here's what he says to me every year. He says, ask of me. Ask of me. Every year of my life, I will have God get my attention at a conference of some description. And he would scream in my face, Ask of me. One of the speakers that was there, he, he just made a passing comment in one of his messages, and it was quite funny. But he made a statement, something like, you know, some of you sitting here, you've got to get your asking to gear. And I thought... Oh, not only is that funny and a cool play on words, but wow, couldn't you get places with that? I actually walked up to Paul Jurgens, who's the pastor of Heartlands at Casino after that message, and I went up to really serious. I said, Paul, I just feel like the Lord gave me a word to give you. And I feel like God said, you need to go back to your church, and you need to go back in there, and you need to have a vision of being a man with the biggest ask. <laughs> and I thought, I want to be that man too. I want to be known as the man with the biggest ask. If you, I don't care how, how big is your ask. Some of us are so worried about it. Some of us have got the tiniest ask in the world. It's so small you can barely see it. I want to have an ask so big that everywhere I go, people notice it. Every time I turn around, every time I get in the presence of God, the first thing you notice is my ask. I'm not ashamed of my ask. I want to be a person that asks God, that comes before my Father with boldness and confidence and petitions my God. For the things that I need. (laughs) My kids will be walking around the house and they're saying, Guess what, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) Don't push it, I might smack you on the ask. (laughs) But we've got to be people that unashamedly know that we can come before our father and ask, You know what? I reckon, and it's it, I reckon we've got so much stuff. Sometimes we've got so many things. That we don't ask our Father because we've got so many things we think we can make everything happen ourselves. We think we can achieve everything ourselves because we've got resource and, and 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 opportunity and doors and people and so and we can feel like we can get to a point in life where we don't really need to ask God because we think we can make everything happen ourselves. How many of you know there are things in life you can't make happen? There are things in life that you just simply can't make happen. You need to ask God. I came across this story um, this morning that I thought was quite humorous, actually. It's about a boy called Johnny. And no, you're not getting five bucks because this is not about you. This is actually his name in the story. A young boy called Johnny, he's a really, really bright kid. He's about five years of age, font 11. got Gotta hate it. He's about five years of age and he goes to his dad one day and this is what he says to his dad. He says, I'd like to have a baby brother, and I'll do whatever I can to help. His dad was a pretty astute sort of dude. His dad was, he paused for a second. He said this, he said, I'll tell you what, Johnny, if you pray every day for two months for a baby brother, I guarantee God will give you one. How's that? Faith, right? I think dad might have known something, perhaps. Pray every day for two months. For a baby brother, I guarantee God will give it. So Johnny responds. At the start, he's really energetic. Every day he's praying, Lord, give me a baby brother. God, give me a baby brother. After about a month, Johnny gets a bit skeptical. And he starts asking other kids in the street and talking to people and he starts to realize that, hang on a second, I don't know if that's really, I don't know if this is going to work. You don't just pray for two months and then whammo a new baby brother. So Johnny stops praying. After another month, Johnny's mother went to hospital when Johnny's mother comes home, the parents call him into the bedroom. He cautiously walks into the room, not expecting to find anything. And there was a little bundle line right next to his mother. His dad pulled back the blanket, and guess what? Not one baby brother, but two. Mum had twins. Dad looks at Johnny and says, now, aren't you glad you prayed? To which Johnny hesitates for a bit, then looks up at Dad and he said, yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? I was asking for one brother. i got two. I only prayed for a month. If I prayed for two months, could we be sitting here with more than that? But you know what? I think God, as our heavenly father, he wants us to ask him for things. I was thinking about Psalm 2 this morning. Psalm 2 is a prophetic psalm written by David about the Messiah to come, about Jesus. So here's a psalm speaking about Jesus himself. And I think it's in verse 8 where the psalmist being moved by the holy spirit writes these words speaking about the messiah and he says this ask of me and it's it's a prophetic statement to jesus ask of me and i'll give you the nations as your inheritance ask of me and i'll give the nations as your inheritance and i thought you know what even jesus was told to ask even jesus was told to bring his requests before god this is the son of god the messiah and yet he's still being told ask for the nations ask for the nations. The nations were his inheritance. The nations were the things that were in his story. They were the things that God had stored up for Jesus. They were his. But even though they were his, he still had to ask. And there are things stored up in heaven for you. There are things stored up in heaven for you. There are destinies. There are things that God wants to do. God wants to say questions God wants to answer, places God wants to take you. And they're yours. They're sitting there waiting. They're yours. But God's going, hey, I wanted Jesus to ask. I want you to ask as well. You know, ask is such a tiny word. You go through your New Testament and look at how many times the Bible tells us ask. Ask for this. Ask for that. There's something powerful about asking. You know, we, we hear a lot about the law of, of sowing and reaping, you know, giving and receiving. Well, I think there's something in the Bible akin to that with with asking and opening. That when we ask, things happen. But I think we get so busy in life and so caught up in other things that we squash our ask and we stop asking. After a while, we just simply stop asking God for things. We stop believing God for things. You know, my wife's a great asker. She asks all the time. Amen. Punch it out. She asks all the time. We can hire a movie and sit there. The movie's two minutes into the movie. Somebody does something and she'll turn to me and go, why did he do that? I don't know. I've never seen the movie before. I've seen the two minutes you've seen. How am I supposed to know why he did that? I don't know. Three minutes later, somebody will say something and she'll turn to me again. Why did she say that? I don't know why she said that. What's the other hour and 57 minutes? And I'm sure that all will be revealed. I don't know why. Every movie. I owe her five bucks now too. (laughs) I hope you're getting something out of this because this is costing me big time. (laughs) She loves to ask. But you know what? It's, it's, It's great. Because I think that's a picture of what God wants us to be like. He wants us to be askers. What father or mother here doesn't like it when their children ask them questions? Doesn't like it when your children ask for things? Now I know that straight away you're thinking of when your child was three and you're at the checkout and they wanted a Mars bar, a Snickers bar, a cherry ripe, a box of Smarties, a Coke, and a Woman's Day magazine that you knew they couldn't read anyway. <laughs> Isn't that great? Children, children ask. I mean, children, just, they just ask. And sometimes they ask the weirdest things. But it doesn't phase us too much because you know what? We kind of expect it, don't we? We expect, we actually expect the most bizarre questions from kids. We expect them to ask us things and we don't have a box on what they're allowed to ask because we know what's inside of a child, children are inquisitive curious, they're so dependent upon us for knowledge, so dependent upon us for provision, so dependent upon us for direction and just they ask anything they want we lose that somewhere along the line don't we, we get just maybe we just get too mature we stop asking we lose our ask. I feel like we need to begin to ask our Father for things. Let me let me let me let me show you something real quick. I don't know why I print notes. I never. Anyway, it's a good exercise though. The print it works. Um, I want to. Matthew seven, Matthew seven, Matthew seven says this. Verse seven says, "Ask." and it will be given to you. Seek, you'll find, knock, and it'll be opened. In the original Greek, that's a continuous phrase. So in the actual Greek, it means ask and keep on asking, and it'll be given. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. There's a consistency about it. It's not just one off. Don't just knock. Don't just ask. Don't just seek. Ask and keep on asking. Keep on asking. Badger heaven. Just badger heaven. Badger God with your asking. Seek, look. Look. Knock And watch this, verse 8, for everyone who asks receives. I don't know about you, but when I read the word everyone, I include myself in that. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and him who knocks it will be open. I love this. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you being evil... Now, Jesus wasn't saying that the crowd he's speaking to were evil the way we see evil. You know, What he was saying was in comparison to God and the standard of perfection and goodness of God, yes, by comparison we're evil. Just in the same way that he says, uh, your, your righteous works are like filthy rags in the presence of God the best you have to offer from a human level that looks great when compared to the rest of humanity is still a pile of rubbish in comparison to the holiness and perfection of God. That's what he's meaning. He's doing a contrast. He's not saying you're evil. But he's saying, if you being human, the way you are in contrast to how good I am, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who what? Ask him. How much more does God want to give us but we don't ask? How much more is there on offer from heaven for you, but you don't take time to ask? Now, there are different reasons why we don't ask. I haven't got time to go into all those right now, but I know there are reasons why we stop asking questions. When I was a kid, I was 15 years of age, and I used to be an avid drawer. I drew landscapes, and I was was a very talented um, artist as a kid. And I remember entering this this, this um, art university in Melbourne. We're offering scholarships and I came across this thing and you had to submit some drawings to them, three drawings, four drawings, and I did my drawings and I sent them off. And they sent me back a reply and they said, we, we got your artwork. And they said, we thought you had previous art training because your drawings were so good. But then we put out these graph type things they put over the picture and they said, then we could tell that no, this person hasn't been trained because... There are some basics of art that they didn't get right. But if you're that talented, without that, we would love to offer you a scholarship to come to this art institute in Melbourne. I got the letter. I read the letter. You know what I did with it? Screwed it up. Threw it in the bin. By that stage of my life, I'd learned not to ask anymore. Don't bother asking. It's not that my parents were bad. I'm not saying they were bad, they weren't bad. But I knew the answer to my ask would always be a no. You know, I've had to battle that myself as a parent. Um, I'm sure when my children raise, get older, they'll probably they'll prob- come to me and they'll probably say that as an element of that dribbled off to them. That every time you ask for something, it's a no. And I, I pray that I'm better than that. Uh, and I pray for forgiveness for the times I've done that. But I used to ask all the time. I was a pretty energetic, hyperactive sort of a kid, you know, and and, and ask, 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 ask. But something happened. I remember that moment where I had probably the biggest opportunity and I screwed it up and threw it away. Why? Because I didn't bother asking because I knew I wasn't going to get it. I'd come to a point in life where I'd lost faith that I could ask anything else. I lost faith that the door would open. I lost faith that the answer would be yes and I stopped asking. You know, I think a lot of us get to that point in our journey with God as well. I wonder how many people sitting here once upon a time used to petition God, used to ask your father for things. You used to come before him and you used to ask, Lord, save my child. God, pour out your spirit upon my kid. I want him to encounter you, I want him to know you. Maybe you used to come to God and you used to pray for healing, Lord, healing. Father in heaven, I'm asking for healing for myself, for somebody else. Maybe you used to pray, God, uh, uh, that, that vision, that dream that you gave me, that, that to start that business, you know, to plant that church, start that ministry, and you've stopped asking. Maybe you've come to a place where, a bit like me, you've kind of lost a bit of faith there and you're thinking, well, the answer is going to be no. Well, I feel like the Spirit of God saying to us, we need to start to ask again. I feel like God's saying we need to be the people with the biggest ask. We need to start to bring our petitions to God again. We need to let faith stir up inside of us. We need to get bold again before God. We need to start to petition heaven. Go back one page. Go back one page. The Lord's Prayer. Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. In verse 8 of Matthew 6, here's what Jesus says. He says, For therefore do not be like them. He's speaking about the Pharisees. Pharisees went about making big prayers on street corners and so on. They weren't interested in getting anything from God. They wanted something from people. They wanted the applause of men. They wanted you to look at them and think they were so holy and they were so together. That they were better than you. Because when you think someone's better than you, you give them a certain amount of control over your life. And that's what they wanted. And Jesus outlines what they're like and he says this: He says, Don't be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. God knows that you have needs. He knows that you have needs. Every need you've got, God knows about it. But it's interesting. Jesus says he knows the things that you have need of before you ask. He's going, you've got needs, but I'm going to make a wild assumption here. Each one of those needs, you're going to ask your father in heaven to do something about. Because if you being evil know how to give good things to your kids, how much more would your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him. And then he goes on and he gives us a model prayer. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. The very end of the prayer, he says, Yours is the kingdom, power and the glory. So he bookends this whole prayer with God. It's God at the start. It's God at the finish. And here's what he says in the middle. He says, Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, Give us this day our daily bread your physical provision, the things you need each day, the health of your body, the finances you need to pay the bills, roof over your head. He says, you know what, bring to me the practical physical needs that you have, your daily bread. God's inviting us, saying this should be part of your prayer life. You should be bringing those things to God. You should be bringing them to God. Jesus is making an assumption here. When you pray, don't be like them. And when you pray, he doesn't say if you, he says when you pray. In other words, you're going to ask me things and here's what I want you to ask me. Ask me for your daily bread. Ask me for the practical and physical needs that you have. Then he goes on, and forgive us our debts as we forgive others. He's speaking about your emotional needs, the need for forgiveness, the need, the ability to forgive other people. He's tapping into emotional things. He's saying, bring to me your practical needs. Bring to me your emotional needs. Then the very next part is spiritual. Lead me not into temptation. Help me resist the enemy. Let me realize what's going on here in this world. It's not just, just just the natural secrets of events taking place, but there's a spiritual dimension to life. He's outlining, you know what? You can come to your father because he's good. You can bring before him your physical and practical needs. You can bring before him your emotional needs. You can bring before him your spiritual needs. Not only can you, he wants you to. He expects you to. I'll close with this. Ephesians chapter 3, I think it's verse 20. Can you whack that up on the screen there for me, Luke? Ephesians three twenty. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can what, ask or think, that tells me something. It tells me that my level of asking is actually the floor of where God can begin to do something. You know, I think for some people, if the sun came up tomorrow, that would exceed what they could ask or think we have such low expectations on God, such low expectations on this life, such low expectations. If the sun comes up tomorrow, God, that's amazing. I couldn't have even imagined. I couldn't have asked or thought. I think God wants us to ask higher. I think God wants us to aim higher. I think God wants us to ask for more. He wants us to, to broaden our imagination. Whatever you can ask or think, he's, he's laying it on the table. Paul's going, this is the God I serve. I don't care what you think you can ask. think your biggest ask you've got in you. Think about the biggest imagination of thought you've got. Paul says, I'm speaking to you, Ephesians, about a God that can go way beyond that. Way beyond that. This is a starting point. What you can ask and think is a starting point. The problem, I think, is some of us ask and think way too low. Way too low. I was really encouraged, inspired, motivated. I felt like God walked into my bedroom. He does it every year. He walks into my bedroom and he sees, he's leaving the socks on the floor again. There's an empty milk bottle. He hasn't vacuumed. The bed's not made. The pillowcase is smelly. And God grabbed me again this week. He said, son, look me in the eyes. Come on. Ask of me. Ask of me. Ask of me. So I've been asking God, God, I don't want to see any empty seats. I've been asking God, I don't want a single person in this church who feels like they're just here to make up numbers. God, I want to see people with passion for God. I want people to walk out of here so vibrant and so passionate about God, but they can't help but take Jesus to somebody, somewhere, sometime, because that is, that is the core of their existence. They understand that we are here for the pleasure and purpose of God. We have a lot of fun on the way, but we're not just here to have fun and die. We're here because God has a purpose and a reason. Nobody's in this building by accident. Nobody's here because you just happen to go, oh, I don't like that church, don't like that church, don't like that I'm going to go to this one. Well, nobody's here because you didn't go to a church and you heard a new one, thought you'd check it out. I don't believe that for a second. I believe God has grabbed you, arrested you and thrown you in here because together we're going to do something great in this community, amen? Together, God wants us to be a light on a hill. He wants us to, to I love what, what I think it was Wesley used to say, uh, when they said, how can you get so many, such a big crowd? It was Wesley or Spurgeon, one of those guys. How do you get such a big crowd of people to come to you? So they didn't preach in churches because they got kicked out of them. So they went into the middle of paddocks and preached, and hundreds and thousands of people came. And somebody asked me, how do you get thousands of people to come to a paddock to listen to you when I can't get 50 to come to a church to listen to me? He said, I don't know. He said, all I do is I set myself on fire, and they come to watch me burn. That's what he said. I set myself on fire and they come to watch me burn. And I pray for each of us here that we would set ourselves on fire and that people would be drawn to you. They would gather around you to feel the warmth of God. They would gather around you to see the zeal, the passion that you have, that they would want to know why because people are walking around the streets like the zombies. It's like the land of the living dead. Thanks. That's good. Amen? Ask God. Ask God. Father, I pray the, 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 the dreams, the visions, God, the things that are uh, on people's hearts, God, I thank you for you've made it so clear to us in your word. You are a good father. We sing about it. You're a good, good father. But do we activate it? Do we live it? God, do we approach you like it's true? I don't know sometimes, Father. But Lord, I pray, God, for each person in this room. God, I pray that we would get our ask into gear. I pray that we would get our ask happening again. Lord, I pray that we would begin to think about those things that you've said to us. God, I pray that we would dare to dream the biggest dream, not think about something that we can achieve, but Lord, I pray that we would have the faith to go way beyond what we think we can do because you can do exceedingly abundantly above that anyway and you want to. Lord, You care for our physical needs. You care for our emotional needs. You care for our spiritual needs. And there are people in this room right now who need to bring some of those things to the Father. You need to bring your physical needs. You need to bring your emotional needs. You need to bring your spiritual needs to God. You need to let that ask rise up again. You need to let faith rise up on the inside. you. You need to start to expect again. And then you need to open your eyes and start looking for the answer. Start looking for the solution. Start looking for the miracles. Holy Spirit, I pray as we walk out of this place today, let the seed that is on the inside of us germinate. Don't let it fall to the ground. Don't let the enemy steal it. God, raise us up as a community of faith, a community of bold people who are not ashamed to come before their father with the greatest of requests. God, make us like children again. Children don't not come to the parent because they think they've asked too much. They don't care. They don't not come to the parent because they think the parent might think they're naughty. They don't care. They just come boldly to their father and to their mother. And Lord, I pray, make us a community like that, Father. And Lord, I just want to pray right now, God, for every empty seat in this building. Whoever is meant to be in that seat, wherever they are right now, whatever they're doing, Father, I pray you touch their life. God, we pray together that you speak to them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, you begin to get them thinking about the things of God. Lord, I pray that the people that are meant to be in these chairs, God, I pray that the people that are in these chairs, that we would bump into those people. We would bump into those people. And we would know, hey, you're meant to be there. We love you, Father. We bless you. And in the next seven days, give each of us a chance to tell someone about Jesus, somebody that doesn't know. It. Everybody said amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Uh, there's more tea and coffee there. There's, there's uh, three rolls left. So the first three, maybe the last three that were there, you could go back and grab them. Some bickies, feel free to grab them. Um, Have a great week. We'll see you in connect groups uh, wherever else you find yourself.